Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. Well, it is a measure of where Spurs are at and what Ange Postacoglu has done for this team that we're leaving Old Trafford, the theatre of dreams, no less, um, with a point, having been the better side and kind of almost feeling, I don't want to say disappointed, right? Within within context of uh, within context of this game, slightly disappointed. I really felt like we were going to nick it. And I know McTominay almost nicked it, so should be thankful for that. But we were the better side for large parts of this game. And miles the better side. Like Manchester United were bereft of ideas for the majority of the second half. Um, first half, they blitzed us for a bit at the start. But then as soon as we kind of came, got to grips with what it is that they were doing, kind of trying to exploit, exploit us, exploit, exploit us down the wings... They didn't really have much else to that, did they? I mean, Rashford was giving Porro a, a horrible game, to be fair to him. But I still kind of feel like we, we could have and should have won that one. But it's fine. You know, at, at the end of the day, we've gone to our Trafford. We've gotten a point. We haven't lost. Everybody was getting very worried before the before kickoff about that midfield partnership of Hoybier and Skip. I'm going to say up front, and you know, I do all the players and everything later on, but up front, I think they were all right. I think both of them were okay. Um, Skip, I saw getting a few pelters. I thought Skip had a really good game, to be honest. Um, most of the lads did. Richarlison, stand out for me. Ben Tenkur, absolutely stand out. Romero looks half fit, but stand out. Um, Porro going forwards, good defensively bit of a shocker for him today I thought but for the most part we just knocked the ball about nicely completely dominated possession especially in that second half restricted United's opportunities and just kept them completely under the cosh I mean one might say that we should have capitalized on that on on having all that kind of possession on having all those chances it's probably you know not a good thing that we didn't manage to snatch one of those, but I don't know. I don't really buy into that kind of school of thought. That I don't know. It's that, it's that heavily stats-driven, miserly kind of approach to joy of, uh, well, you shouldn't actually enjoy that because you made so many opportunities and didn't score, so that's actually a bad thing. Whereas really, you know, dominating play at Old Trafford, making loads of opportunities, pretty much silencing the crowd is good, you know? It's Spurs at the end of the day. And this is a this is a stadium where we historically have had just rotten luck. We've never really gotten anything against a team really that we've never really done that well against. I think the most wins 
from one club over another in Premier League history as Manchester United wins over Tottenham Hotspur. Now, before the banter lords all jump on that one, we are two ever-presents in the Premier League. And for a large part of us being ever-presents, both of us, they were the most invincible football team I think I can ever remember, certainly in English football. I think, relatively speaking, even more so than Manchester City are now. But I don't, I can't be bothered to start these comparisons. It's not that type of YouTube channel, right? Sorry. Um, but <sighs> Spurs have been pretty bad in that. Sorry, I lost my train of thought a bit there. But in that time, Spurs have been pretty terrible as well, right? So it sort of stands to reason that they'd have won loads over us. It would have been us or Everton, Everton and other ever-present who have been kind of, for want of a better word, wank, like Spurs have. So I don't really, you know, I'm not really that bothered about that. But at least it, it paints an interesting and fuller picture of where both of these clubs are coming from and the trajectories that we're both on and have been on for quite some time now. And it is exciting at Spurs. It's exciting um, seeing financial fair play actually maybe meaning something. Chelsea and Newcastle both sort of with their own squeaky bums over the matter. And you've got Spurs who are one of the most profitable profitable sporting outfits in in the world. Compared to like NFL teams and stuff like that. I think Dallas Cowboys are like way out in front. But then you've got someone like the New England Patriots. And then I think it's United. And then I think it's Spurs, I want to say. Even ahead of like your Madrid's and Barca's and all that type of muck. So if we keep spending, which I think we've shown that we are doing. I know some people are still not particularly happy with how this January window has gone so far. But I think Dragosin for 30-odd mil... Werner, which I know is a loan, but we're going to be signing him probably, you'd imagine, for 20... No, it's about 15, 16, isn't it? 15, 16 mil. I think if it... We might, we may or may not get Conor Gallagher over the line this window. That seems to be the man that we want. Seems to be the player we're after. Yeah, I'll reserve judgment on that one, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not that fond of the idea of it. But look, you know, can't pick and choose when I'm sort of saying back the manager, back the vision of the club because they've done a good job so far, right? They've done a really good job. Most of our signings over the past few years have been pretty impeccable. So just let them, let them do what they've got to do. Um, but, you know, Spurs, if we can keep making loads of money, keep spending money, not have FFP breathing down our necks, we've got this sustainable, profitable business model, huge stadium, it's exciting. It's exciting times. And there's there's a not to go Peter Drury about it, because I know people get very angry with Peter Drury nowadays, which I don't understand. And Peter Drury is brilliant, but still, whatever. There is something quite poetic about Spurs playing away at this so-called theatre of dreams, which is falling to pieces, right? Great old stadium, some great memories there for all their fans and whatever, maybe the odd neutral here and there, but, you know, it's a, it's, it's a stadium from a bygone era. It's literally falling to pieces. There's water coming through the through the corrugated tin roof. And I know they've got Ratcliffe coming in, so 
maybe this will all turn around. Maybe they will build a big new stadium and then they'll be fine because that's just how life and that's just how football works. But, but, you know, I just, <laughs> I just think they've had their time. It's not to say they're never going to be good again, but the amount of success and everything that they've tasted, they've gotten drunk on it. I spoke to, I, I spoke to Scott Saunders, Manchester United fan, football writer, um, does YouTube and stuff for 90 men. And I was sort of saying to him before the game, what is it with United nowadays? What is the, what's the issue? Is it the Glazers? Is it something else? And he was kind of saying, it's a bit of Glazers, a bit of a mentality thing maybe in the squad, but it's hard to tell. Probably a bit of it's on Ten Hag. There's a whole different confluence of factors. And one of the things he didn't really want to delve into that I was putting to him, Scott, you coward. (laughs) But one of the things he didn't really want to delve into was, is it a bit of a blessing and a curse? Blessing for all of those who are old enough, Manchester United fans, to have seen all of their glorious years under Sir Alex Ferguson and everything. But is it a curse really now that you were so good for so long that... Even a bit of a knockdown from that just creates this death spiral. Creates this death spiral in the fan base, with the media, the attention on Manchester United. Whether we like it or not, they are, in terms of image, in terms of PR, they're probably the biggest English club still. Them, Liverpool, let those two fight it out between themselves. So there is, you know, there is additional focus on that. I know we take the piss out of them and stuff, but you've got got to be honest about this stuff. There is, there is a disproportionate focus on Manchester United, their failings or so-called failings. You know, not to give Mourinho anything really, but he won them a, you know, a Europa League, won them an FA Cup, I think, or a League Cup at least. A few things. Um, finished them second. And still it was this whole kind of... And I know there were other issues there with Mourinho, so maybe a bad example. But the point is, it's very hard to say that you're a successor in Manchester United unless you go and win the treble again, which is not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, I just think, I think they, they're kind of caught in this corner now of where they just cannot enjoy football because the expectations and always waffle around the club from everybody that did witness it is that we're Man United and we should be the very best. When, I kind of look at them now and I'm like, they're a decent side and they could have won today. But, and Neville was saying this in comms as well, that Spurs are missing four or five of our best players and we're all over Manchester United at Old Trafford. Because, and after that, I don't know if any of you saw it, Ewan Murray, who is quite obviously a Rangers fan, wrote this, and I have no idea why the Guardian published it. Um, Peace on Ange Postacoglu Essentially saying he's lucky that he, you know, gives it a bit of chat in a press conference and everybody's wowed by him, blah, 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 blah. It was the most negative bollocks thing talking about how Ange Postacoglu isn't actually that good a manager. He's just like a motivator and he lucks out with these appointments that he gets. It's just, it's an absolute nonsense take. And it's it, there's, a, there's a couple of other journals. I think Jonathan Liu has got similar sort of opinions on Ange Postacoglu as well. And I just I just don't understand it. I don't understand how you can watch where Spurs are at now compared to where we were just a few months ago and think that Ange Postacoglu hasn't had a positive effect on what we're doing, that he's just some cheerleader. Because 
We played United off the park today for, for most of the game, which is unthinkable. I think we we did that. I mean, right, we did it under we did it in COVID, but we all know that doesn't really count. Um, still a nice memory winning six one at Old Trafford, but not quite the same, is it? Um, but I think the only time when what was that game? Was it under Poch or was it early Mourinho, the Lucas Moura game when we beat him like 3-0, 3-1? I think it was 3-1 we beat him up there. I think it was maybe very, very early Mourinho or very late Pochettino. I can't quite remember. Um, but really, I've, I've never really seen us kind of dominate United at Old Trafford like that. And I just think it's, it's just exciting times for Spurs. It's exciting times going ahead. Um, in the coming years, but this season too. I don't think we need to write off this season. I don't think we need to be as careful or as guarded in saying that as I think... I know we're Spurs fans, right? And I know we have this whole um, let's not curse things, let's not speak things into existence. But we get all pissed off with the media calling things Spursy. We get all pissed off with this kind of narrative that we're a club of failures and stuff. And I do think, and Phil often says this on the on the Thursday pod, that we have to start acting like this as Spurs fans. We have to stop being so scared to to sort of say we're good and we're playing well because we do have a part to play in it as well. The whole way we talk online, the whole way we act and hold ourselves in the stadiums or just out and about in public, talking to players, interacting with players, the, it, it creates a sense of feeling around a club, right? And Andrew's doing very well to galvanise that. And I just think now, at the moment, right, just just stop being so guarded, stop worrying. We can look at this and say we're a great side and we could win the Premier League this year. We could do. I'm not saying we are going to, but we could do it. And we need to adopt this type of mentality. We fucking hate Arsenal and Liverpool. We think they're cringy because they do all this shit. We think it's cringy that Arsenal have this, you know, I don't know if you saw it, I think it was when they signed Euron Timber um, and they'd had this like behind the scenes of like his signing day and I remember Arteta was, there was basically, there was like, there's a hole in the wall, like a Premier League trophy shaped hole in the wall that's empty at the moment that he's saying, you know, we're going to fill that with the trophy, that's what we're going to do and everyone's calling it cringe and shit and all this but... (laughs) You know, some of this stuff, it's like you have to sort of show that you're aspiring to do this. And I do I do think Spurs are starting to do that now because I felt that for a long time, one of the sort of problems with Spurs, one of the whiffs hanging over Spurs was that we were always just happy to be there. We were happy to be like this sort of, you know, sort of the, the, the kid that's normally bullied when, you know, on a summer camp when suddenly one of the popular lads just they have an unlikely friendship for one summer, right? And they always feel grateful to be like, they feel grateful to the to the popular kid for taking a shine on them. And I think for a while, Spurs have always been like, whoa, we're making it into the top four. Well, that's good, isn't it? Wow, wow. Like, golly gosh, we should be uh, we should be so thankful for this and we should just be happy and just be quiet and just accept our place in, in, the, in the order of things. But... I do think like when you see like the way Ange's talking at the moment, Ange himself said, you know, we've got to believe that we can win the league. And days like today, all right, it would have been, I would be thinking this and I would be saying this with a lot more like gusto if 
we'd have beaten which we'd have nicked one against United but still there were uh, there was enough encouragement there there were enough encouraging signs from that performance to suggest that Spurs are a good side and we're going to be up there come the end of the season so you better get ready for it you better prepare yourselves because you know it's going to be it's going to be brutal come the end of the year um Let's just have a look at some of these, uh, some of the comments we've got at the moment. <coughs> Beg your pardon. William Naylor says, how good is Romero when he maintains his composure? Yeah, I mean, Fanta, I thought he was amazing today. Um, doesn't seem fully fit, I didn't think, but he still was, he was our best defender today. Um, just solid, like you say, kept his composure. They were desperate to try and get a yellow card out of him, United. You could tell they were throwing themselves all over the place anytime he made any sort of a tackle. Um but, you know, I uh I think he was great. I think he was fantastic. He didn't bite, he didn't he didn't rise to it. Um come on. Um Monty Singh thirteen says Tradition dictates that a draw at Old Trafford is a good result, but it feels like two points dropped rather than one gained. I, yeah, I mean, that's what I was sort of saying at the top, mate. And that, that's kind of, that is how I feel. So that's kind of why, like, I, sh- I know I should be more like buzzing. I should be jumping and stuff. Um, but I am happy. I'm very happy. I'm not trying to be like, really, I'm not trying to be in any way negative or like piss on this. I know that this is good. It's just mad thinking that, you know, when I'm being truthful about this, that, we're coming out of a game at Old Trafford and thinking, well, you know, would have been nice to have won that. And I think we could have done. That's all. Um, Tony Stark says, given the midfield we had to play, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. And I think that's that's fair, mate. And I think that's really, that's that's what the take should be from this, that we showed up again without all of our best players. You know, James Madison, one of the best players in the Premier League, let's be honest, he is, is our player hasn't been available for us, was not playing today. We could have done with his spark today, you know, but we didn't have it. Sorry. And we did the best that we could. So, you know, great. Luis F says, good night, Jack. Overall, quite happy with that, considering who we're missing. Yep, again. um, Spurs Simpsons. Hello, mate. Thought Skip was good today. One in the eye for ones who don't rate him. I agree, mate. I I do agree. I, I, uh, I really do think he was. I think he was decent today. I do. <clears throat> um, Thomas Jones says Garnacho is one of the informed wingers in the league. Who doggy absolutely bossed him. He did, especially in that second half, kept him very quiet. I think Garnacho got the better of him a couple of times, and then it suddenly felt like it just clicked for a doggy. Like, oh right, he's going to do that. That's how he's going to try and take me on. Bang. Right. Fine. Just like, you know, and that's, that's kind of what we know of your doggy, isn't it, so far? Learning on the job, very smart. Like, he's, like, physically brilliant, but he's technically brilliant. And he's just, he's a very smart footballer as well. Especially for a player as young as he is. It's just unbelievable, right? Any, uh, unbelievable. Um, Newman says, topic, anyone slagging off a Timo loan? One game, one assist already justifies it, no. Any other opinion just seems unrealistic. <clears throat> I mean... A loan away at Old Tra- a loan, an assist away at Old Trafford as well, Newman, mate. You know that's kind of that's 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 an important detail that you're missing there, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I I thought it was good. I'll do the players and stuff like that um, at the end. Um, 
Let's have a look. Chris Tucker says, we'll do well when Madison and Kulu are back. Just like chances and ideas at the end are all very positive. Yeah, agree. And I mean, that that's mad as well, isn't it? Kulisevsky being out too. It's sort of neat. I, I keep moaning on about people underrating Kulisevsky, not kind of giving him the credit that he's owed. And I'm doing it here. I'm the face of underrating Dejan Kulisevsky. Um, life makes hypocrites of us all. But yeah, fantastic player. Um, it was a shame. Shame not to have him there today. Um, <clears throat> it's just, yeah. And this is kind of the thing, isn't it? It's another one of those like what could have been. But you have to just deal with it. You have to say what could have been as well is us losing, is us getting done today, is our heads dropping after Hoyland scored a screamer in the opening minutes. But they didn't. We came back, fought back. That goal was such a sucker punch. Start of the second half as well to, to catch them like that. They would not have been expecting that. You can imagine all the bollocks. You imagine Ten Hag at halftime with his lack of charisma just being like, it's very easy. All we have to do uh, is just score another, make it 3-1 and all this type of bullshit, right? Just putting it in this matter-of-fact, boring, characterless way that he does kind of tend to come across. And then I was just running up the other half (laughs) straight away and banging one in the back of the net with Anana with just like waving his arms at it. It's... uh, yeah, it was a funny one. It's a funny one. Um, <clears throat> uh, Juice Nuts says, I won't be re-watching that. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you, mate. It's another one of those, really, isn't it? Um, Just Gem says, Van de Ven just said it's only cramp. That's good. Um, Spurs Simpsons, when he went down, my heart jumped out of my mouth. Yeah, it's, it, it was it was horrific, wasn't it? rs 9 Coy says, thought Skip was excellent today. Agree, mate, again. Um Choosing us <laughs> scaffold of dreams. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, Wilson T, feel low after that, should have won. Don't feel low, right? Don't feel low. Just take it, you know, I think it's in a, in a sort of, I'm not here to tell you what to do, by the way. I'm just trying to, you know, cheer you up a bit. In a sort of, you have to like just look at it though in that com, like in that inverse way that it's kind of, you feel low because you've not won away at Old Trafford and that in turn should make you happy, right? It's kind of like a snake eating its own tail. It's a snake of misery eating its own tail. That was me for anybody watching on YouTube demonstrating a snake eating its own tail with my two hands. Um, all right, I've caught up to the comments now. So, yeah, late Pochettino. So, that yeah, the, the Lucas Moura game was late Pochettino. Yeah, it was the Champions League kit, wasn't it? It was the, the weird gradient fade from white to blue one. Um, let's have a look. Nathaniel Hart Anderson says, I agree we should have won, but considering the absences, that was a quality point away at Old Trafford. United are a total mess. If I were one of their fans, I'd be fuming about that performance. Yeah, I mean they were just they were terrible, weren't they? They were just that second half especially just terrible. No ideas, no hint of just originality or any invention to any of their play. It was just Try and lump it out to one of those quick winger lads and hope we can do something. Lump it up to Rashford, hope he can do something. And it just, it's just boring. They just didn't, they didn't knock the ball about nicely. There's no identity there. They don't seem to have any cohesion. They don't seem to have any real sort of unity. Just all over the shop. Absolutely all over the shop. Um, and this, this is, it just makes me happy for what we've got now, right? It makes me happy that we've got this kind of, this core unit of players again now. Yeah, we've had a miserable few years. Since like 16, 17, 17, 18, no sort of years, right? When we had that B 
big group of lads, Walker Rose, Delhi, Ericsson, Kane, Son. You, you know what I mean? I don't need to list them all. Um, that we've now got another big group of players, like a proper group of players. Because I think about like, think about like like a Chelsea team, for example, when they've had like, you know, Lampard, Terry, Drogba, all those sort of smelly eras of theirs. I wouldn't say since that sort of era they've had a definably Chelsea team again, right? They had players like Eden Hazard, who was amazing, but I don't think there was like a, a Chelsea, like a team, if that makes sense. And the same with United. Like, and this is, this is going like since Fergie's days now. There hasn't been like a United team where you look at more and you're like, him, 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 him. Great team, great players, unbelievable. Um, whereas like, you know, you can say that with Liverpool, definitely. You can say that with Arsenal, definitely. So it was sick, but I mean, City is you know is what it is, isn't it? With them, my my point is that you know we've we've had that a couple of a few years back, five six years ago, and now we're in the we're in the sort of start of that again. And you have to, I like, it's tough, isn't it? And I've heard this question sort of echoed around on a few of the pods and things like that for the past few weeks. Is is now the sort of time when we maybe have to. Give some credit to Levy. Give some credit to the people running the club because what we've said for a long time is, and I've said on here many, many times, is I've seen Spurs be terrible. I've seen Levy turn Spurs into a better club, but we hit a sort of point where it felt like it felt like Daniel Levy's skill was turning a crap football club into a very good football club. But he didn't have the sort of the requisite ability or experience to run a very good football club, and I, d- I don't think that's been a harsh take at all. And what I'd sort of longed for in the past few years was for him to step aside, cede a bit of control to other people that know what they're doing, specialists in all these different areas. So I think I think being a club at our level, right? Not only in modern football, in football, you know, the way football has gone in the past. 15, 20 years. I think the the world that Spurs are in now is just wild. I think it's it's mad. It's a it's a global mega team. It is. And I, I no, I don't, I don't I don't really care for rival fans at all. Say, oh, what have you won? All that sort of stuff. But <clears throat> we are. We're massive. Massive stadium, massive brand. Some of the best players on the face of the planet have been playing for us for the past few years. No, we're a huge club and it's probably been, you know, I think it's been a bit of an ego thing for somebody like Levy to want the recognition of having built this club, but not wanting to almost face the fact that he can't do it all himself anymore. And it's taken him a few years to learn that, but it got very bad before he did realise that really. And I say very bad, I mean, it's not like we were ever flirting with relegation or anything were we really I mean very bad for Spurs now and this is kind of mad the context of Spurs is now very bad for Spurs is we weren't getting in the Champions League anymore which is when you get that kind of perspective it is it is quite crazy but it's not just that I mean the club did feel quite chaotic it did feel quite messy since kind of coming to the new stadium really isn't it you know Mourinho Nuno Espirito Santo finding our feet with all that um Paratici sort of seeming like a bit of a fraud at first and now being, you know, the Messiah almost. Um, I don't know, it has been a rocky patch and I just, I think that 
all these kind of like these suits that we've hired basically these guys that do things that have these sort of almost made up job titles professor of footballing gumption and all that type of thing um they actually do serve a purpose funnily enough these people that get paid massive salaries to do things um and i just i think we can be quietly confident that spurs are the real deal and maybe some of the credit does have to go to that i mean not maybe i don't this shouldn't be a controversial opinion like and i know i know you get called a levy lover and all this type of stuff and an apologist but anyone that's listened to this podcast um for you know the past decade that i've been doing it now will know that probably more often than not i'm actually a lot more critical of levy than i am you know positive about him i just have to look at where we're at now what we're doing the way the club is set up the way we're operating and say objectively we're great because i look at manchester united and we're a fucking mess they're a team that just completely rely on the glories of yesteryear. They still have Alex Ferguson sat out there in the stadium. He must have their sort of Don Corleone, look at them, they massacred my boy type look at Manchester United now when he's watching that because there's nothing there. There's nothing there other than a billboard for big brands to pump money into. And, you know, no wonder all their fans, I know it's going to get the Norwich scarves, but no wonder their fans all get livid about it because... They are just a state and Spurs aren't. For everything that people want to say, for all the kind of shit that people want to fling at Daniel Levy and the club, right? We have been punching, and I've said this before on here, but we've been punching at a level in my lifetime with the likes of Everton, Newcastle, Aston Villa. I'd probably say those ones most of all, right? I would say those have been Tottenham's bedfellows. There or thereabouts, we've all sort of occupied a similar sort of space and all had a similar kind of goal a similar kind of dream of breaking into the top four of you know trying to win stuff I think they're 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 all four clubs as well that have this kind of we don't want to just be another one of the rest we want to win stuff you know Villa won Villa won the Champions League in the 80s you know um but I think really we in the past few years and I know Villa are above us in the Premier League at the moment. It doesn't matter. We have pulled away from all of those teams. How how much longer we will be away from Newcastle, who knows? But, you know, they they are what they are now. Um, and a lot of that comes down to the way we've been run. And you have to give Daniel Levy and Enoch the credit for doing that. What I will still criticise them for in, in previous years is not, kind of doubling down when we had an opportunity to win something I still firmly believe that if we'd really dropped a bit of money on that 16-17 team we could have won the Premier League Harry Kane Umin Son Hugo Lloris all that could have lifted the I mean Sonny still can but, but a lot of those other lads could have lifted the Premier League and yeah you know I'm pissed off about that and I probably always will be but you know it doesn't do you any good sort of dwelling on the past does it what I'm on where we're at right now there's just there's plenty of reason to be positive there's plenty of reason to be happy and that's just what I'd rather focus on and if you don't like Daniel Levy fine you know it's up to you you know I'm not his best mate I'm not here running the PR wing for him but I just think credit credit where it's due like we've 
spent 20 years now transforming from a no mark I mean we weren't like, come on, I'm talking in, in Premier League terms right I know Spurs won a hell of a lot before I was born and all this type of thing but I'm talking about in Premier League terms we were and also ran we were doing nothing we were we were closer to being relegated than we were to even finishing in the Champions League places let alone winning the Premier League right and we've been transformed from that to a side that is now coming away from Old Trafford feeling disappointed about not having won the game so you know <clears throat> these things right anything in life doesn't happen by chance really all right the odd thing if you if you walk in on a windy day and a chimney stack falls on you that's you know bad luck and some things, right, some things are still chance winning the lottery and stuff, right? But what I'm talking about, when you've got a kind of a, a thing, an entity, something that has grown in the way that it has, you know, we're not, we don't exist in a Petri dish, right? This isn't nature just taking its course. This is, this is a plan. The, from Spurs going from, like I'm saying there, from this kind of team that had, you know, that never won away from home, that just were just so bad it's it's really hard like supporting Spurs in the 90s and a lot of the early noughties as well it's so strange because it was almost just it was just it was so fun because there was no expectation at all but what came with that was this almost like you know black dog feeling of well what are we doing you know what's going on here um and I know that's that's the experience for 99% of football fans they're never going to see their club do anything, right? But we're a club that's on the very verge of it now. And I think I'm sort of going around in circles here a bit, aren't I? Um, I should move on to the players, really, because I'm going to be getting in trouble with the purple and gold people, um, who I don't have any issue with at all. I think people in this day and age, right? In this day and age, speaking your mind on things, it's easy to just be like, whatever, I can't change anything. People that mobilise, people that stand up and kind of want to change stuff. You know, fair enough. Fair play to you. Um, but let's do it. Well, let's have a look more, a few more of these comments and see if anyone's digging me out here. Um, Julian Biggs says, Richarlison was heroic today all over the park. Timo was timid. Clearly only uh, had one session of Ange Ball. We move on, Jack, my man. Did well considering we missed 71st team bods. Yep. Not bad there, mate. Um... True saying no standards, no expectations. I guess that's maybe United, I don't know. Um Juice Nuts says we nearly got liquidated back in the late eighties before Sugar took over. We did, mate, we did. Um Mitch Clyforth says, I'm just sad that we have no Angeball for ten days. Twelve days. Fuck. Yeah, that is miserable. That's well annoying. At least though, who have who have Arsenal got next week? Is it one that we can maybe tune in and watch Arsenal lose? Tell me in the comments who Arsenal have got, because I don't know. What I'm doing now is bringing up the players. All right, lineups. Let's do it then. The players. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So, Giuliano Vicario, strong performance, good performance today. Obviously, two have gone in past him. Could he have done better with either of them? No, I don't think so. Hoyland's was a rocket. Um, Rashford's went right into the corner. Um, I think his view was impeded, wasn't it, by a defender? Fine, you know. But other than that, Picario is what he is. Claims the ball again. One of the things I banged on about with him before his ability to claim the ball in the air just gives us a, just a complete new dimension to the way we play. Um, and it's beautiful. His ability to play the ball to actually pick out members of his own team with his passing, invaluable. Pedro Porro, um, funny, very Jekyll and Hyde performance I thought of Pedro Porro today. I'm going to say, honestly, pretty woeful defensively today. Um, I know he is coming up against Marcus Rashford, who is, let's be honest, I know he's not had the best season, but one of the better players in the Premier League. Not one of the best, but saying one of the better. Um, so it is always going to be difficult. Um, going forwards, Porro is, you know, spectacular. Some of his corners, his deliveries were brilliant. I'm pretty sure it was his that was whipped in for Richarlison to score our first goal, um, which yeah, doesn't surprise me at all. He, he got a few in very, very dangerous areas. The one Romero clattered off the crossbar as well. Um, but defensively, yeah, I think he kept getting skinned. Um, just didn't seem, I don't know, on it. But that might just be Rashford being good, you know. But all in all, Pedro Porro. Probably, probably our player of the season so far. I think Kulisewski's probably in with a shout on that. Um, Vicario's in with a shout there too. Don't know. Put a pin in that one for now. Christian Romero, um, fantastic. Um, do I want to say it? Mm, no, I was going to say maybe my man in the match, but I don't think quite. Not quite my man in the match. Um but up there, really up there. Doesn't look completely fit, but we know that. We know that he's not. To come back early, we saw him coming off the bus yesterday um, when they arrived in Manchester. Bit of a sigh of relief. Um, great to see him start. Great to see him play. Absolutely impeccable performance today, I thought. Um, whether it's the you know just his ability to just shepherd the ball out. Um, when United were trying to break, when they were trying to slot balls in behind... Um, keeping his cool, keeping his head. When they kept, they kept trying to tempt him. They kept trying to lure him into into something. And you could tell Gary Neville is always, always desperate, always desperate to see Romero fuck up, isn't he, with his oars and all that. Um, but no, we got got to hand it to Romero today. Fantastic performance, real leader. Had the armband on and was more than worthy of it. Mickey Van der Ven. Lovely to have him back. Um, great performance. A little bit rusty. 
And do you know, I, I can't even, I'll be honest, I can't even, you know, qualify this, but I just feel like when I was watching it, I feel like he wasn't quite as, at least at first, we say in the first half, he wasn't quite as decisive as we know him to be. I will say in the second half, actually, he pretty much was his kind of, you know, just impenetrable horse self, just galloping back, sweeping the ball up, not giving him a, a sniff. Um, he's a force of nature. He really is. Like he's, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's just freakish. His physicality is unlike anything I've ever seen um, from a centre-back. It's like a cent- it's like a centre-back equivalent of Erling Haaland. Um, just a bloke who's so massive that has no business being as quick and as, leth- as athletic as they are. Um, glad it was just cramp. Good thing we got him off the pitch because he was moving quite gingerly. Um, don't want to take any risks there. It's lovely having him back. Lovely having him back. Destiny a doggy. Good performance. Great performance from him as ever. I can't believe he's as young as he is. He plays with such maturity. Um, such a smart player. Not only is he just such a defensive kind of gem for us. He contributes so often to our attack. Um, always getting... I saw a graphic, a Sky Sports graphic that... He's got something mad like out of all, I think it's out of all Premier League players. He's got like the 12th most touches or something in the opposition penalty area. Um, I want to say, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's something like that, which is mad. Absolutely mad. Um, But he just links up all over the park so well. He's got such an engine on him. Physically, you know, he's just, he's he's massive. He's, He's such a good player. Just what a gem. I think any I think any team in the world has a doggy. I really do. I think any team in the world takes him and starts him. Um come at me. Oliver Skip. Good performance today. Good performance. Sorry. Sorry, Skip haters, but I thought Oli Skip was was pretty was pretty good. Got stuck in. Um Pressed well, I think he read. Look, I, look, we can't get away from the fact that in the first half, for maybe like the first ten, fifteen minutes of the first half, Spurs looked all at sea. It, we looked all over the shop, and I think a lot of that was that kind of chaotic midfield, right? But as soon as they all kind of got on the same page with one another, we started to dominate the game. Um, and Skip, what, what I would say most of all is he played a few lovely, lovely passes. That like half-volleyed pass out to Timo Werner in the second half was beautiful. It was so crisp. It was such a ping. Um, I just think it was a good performance from Skippy today. I know people don't want to rate him. People don't want to like him. People, don't, people just say, we, we can't just hang on to someone because they're homegrown. But we literally have to. Like, I, I think like, you need to understand how this works, how this rule now works. Like... We have to, we have to have a set amount of homegrown players, right? So the whole kind of well, we can't just hang on to him because he's homegrown thing is is just not, like it's a misnomer. Like it, it's a completely nonsensical point. You can you can debate whether or not you rate him and how good or not you think he is. And if somebody like Donnelly makes a step up and actually looks way better than him and is homegrown, 
fine you can maybe talk about phasing him in or not but this is whole idea of just bin him off just sell him just get rid of him well it doesn't work that way anymore um and i don't think we need to because as i continue to say on here he's a player that doesn't cause a fuss doesn't have a tantrum when he isn't picked or isn't starting games and when he does play more often than not he's pretty solid um And he was good today. Really good. Rodrigo Bentancur, just a, a, an exceptional footballer. Just a beautiful, beautiful player. Uh, did you see Man United? Uh, not Man United, well, it might as well have been. Sky Sports did a combined 11 before the game. And they had Maynou starting over Rodrigo Bentancur. Like, I know he's a wonder kid and all that, but really? Is that what? Like, is that is that what you're saying? Really, you don't, you don't think Bentancur's... Good enough to start over a wonder kid, really. Rodrigo Bentancur's honestly one of the best players in the Premier League. He is. Um, unbelievable talent. Beautiful goal. Lovely finish. Um, combined really nicely with Werner, um, I felt there. We're just a, we're just, we're, we're a much better team with him in it. Um, I know that's not a take or anything. That's just a, it's just a fact. He's, yeah, he's exceptional. Let's just hope he can stay fit. I want to see him build. I want to see him get fitter. I want to see him really be somebody that we can rely on. Like He can be like the fucking jewel of our midfield for the rest of the season now to take us to the Premier League title, right? Pierre Mahoybier, much like Skip, good performance today, I thought, to be fair to the lad. Um, knocked the ball about pretty nicely. Um, sometimes he doesn't release it as quickly as I'd like him to, but... Still, that's you know me splitting hairs. I don't want to dig him out today. I often dig him out, um, but I don't think he deserves it today. I think he put in a really good shift today, really good performance, worked his ass off, um, and in a defensive capacity and offensively, he sprayed a few decent balls about. Um, I've got to say, I think he, I think he was playing some pretty nice passes. Um, so fair play to him, you know. Because everyone was worried before this game about this midfield, and I think, I think all three of them were good. I think they were they were really good. I think we just need to stop now. This past month should have taught us something, right? We've had injuries, we've had our less than ideal kind of team starting, and we've done well because we're a good football team. We've got a group of players that are all bought into what we're doing here. We've got a manager and seemingly coaching staff around him that are making this team better. So let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Throwing back to the sort of conversation at the start of this pod, is we as fans need to just start to just fucking believe a bit and ditch this kind of overly negative, oh no, we, we're missing a player, we're going to get battered today. Just stop it. Just Let's just see what happens, right? Brennan Johnson, um, maybe the, I would say maybe the one thing from today that, you know, if you're looking around online, you'll see he's getting a lot of pelters and it's, you know, it's understandable. I think he he was maybe the one cloud over today's performance. Um, he just seems to have a, a touch of the Sessignons about him, just seems to be a bit too much in his own head. I've said that before on here and I still feel that way a bit. Maybe just needs somebody... To have a word in his ear. Take it from me, a podcaster. Um, just to say to him, like, it's all right to 
fail, lad. It's all right to it's kind of not have things go your way. And to be fair to him, in the second half, actually, maybe around the 60-odd, 70-odd minutes, he got the uh, he tried to kind of take the ball with the sort of outside of his heel and kind of tee it up for himself to have a volley and Anana got in the way of it. It was quite nice and it felt instinctive and it felt like if we can tap into that a bit more, that kind of spirit in him, he can be a good player. But he wasn't particularly great today. I don't think he was as bad as a lot of people are making out that he was though. Um, I don't think anyone was bad today. Um, I think it's just part of an ongoing kind of narrative with Brennan Johnson that he's not good enough, um, which is a is a rash a rash call to be making at this point, right? And when Anne just said himself that Johnson is a project, he's a player that we're looking at developing over several years, right? It's not somebody that's coming in and off the peg signing, coming in to sort of tangibly improve the team straight away. Like you might say somebody like Timo Werner is an older, more established player with Premier League credentials, Champions League winner. We're hoping to add him into the team to give us a lift. Someone like Brennan Johnson is come into this core, come into this familial unit and grow with us and become part of what we want to be. So I don't think we need to start kind of, you know, pearl clutching about Brennan Johnson right now and getting all worried about it and saying what a waste of money he is and things. But nor do I think we have to deny when he's not had the best of games and where he can do things better, which is probably today. It's all just about finding that balance, isn't it, really? Um, that's what it is for most things in life, isn't it? Timo Werner, um, I thought was good today. He had that one moment in the first half when he cut the ball onto his right foot and shot and it absolutely ballooned over. And I thought, oh, mate, come on. You're making it too easy for all the banter accounts and stuff. But... After that, I think he kind of screwed his... There were, a few t- there were a few times when I was sort of tutting, shall we say, at his decision-making. Um, but as the game went on, as he kind of got more of a feel for the pattern of play, for the way in which the team plays... You know, he's only had a couple of training sessions, after all. And he hasn't played properly in months at Leipzig now. So he's, you know, he's finding his feet. I think he started to become a real problem for them. I think he was definitely better than anything I've seen from Brian Hill this season. I'll say that comfortably. And he set up a goal. You know, he's got an assist on his debut. Can't really ask for much more than that. Away at Old Trafford. It was a loan deal. I do think we'll probably buy him, barring him being, you know, abject. I fall on the side of this because I've seen it's already splitting people on Twitter surprise I know um but I I tend to fall on the side of the argument that I think Werner was good today and I think there was a lot of promise there in that performance I was pretty excited by that performance um and I'm 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 happy to have him as part of the uh part of the team Richarlison I was talking about my man in the match earlier um it's got to be Richarlison. Like, I've dug him out plenty on here before. I think he was fantastic today. His all-round play was brilliant. His goal was beautiful. Lovely header. Kane-esque. Uh, and I mean that. Um, really, really good performance today. He seemed focused. He seemed switched on. 
He was causing problems for United all game, pushing them in that final third. Didn't stop running. Um, it felt like his touch was much improved. It felt like when he was knocking the ball about, they were crisper, cleaner passes. Feels like he really stepped up today. And that's, the, you know, conversely, it, 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 that can lead to the frustration with him because you see he's such a good player. So when he has these games when he's kind of knocking the ball all over the place and his touches here and there and everywhere, you can get annoyed with him because games like today show you that he is capable of it. If he can just keep his mind on it, if he can keep himself in the game and keep concentrating, he can be a real asset to this team. But today was was an exciting performance from Richarlison. Um I just said Werner's excited, performance was exciting as well. It sounds a bit perverse, doesn't it? Um, very good. Very happy with him. More of that, please, Richie. Six games, six goals now. You know, I think somebody said, I think, has he scored more than Saka now this season? Um, I think I saw that as a tweet flying about. So, you know, what can I say? What can you say? Um, Dragushin, uh, you know, nice. We got it over the line. Didn't see enough of him. I'm not going to tell you know I me. Mean? Nothing to talk about with him, really. Um, Brian Hill wasn't really on for long. Brian Hill doing Brian Hill things. All right. Emerson, similar. You know, no real kind of big game-changing subs in this one. But, yeah, you know, look, we've gone to Old Trafford. We've gotten a point. We haven't lost. you got to be happy with that. you got to be happy with that. Um, I know it. I know it's double-edged. I know it does carry with it a sense of almost regret, but let's just not. Let's just kind of bask in this moment and enjoy it because I think we're allowed to and I think we should. I'm just seeing where we're at now. 40 points. So level one points of Arsenal. Um, yeah, I got that game in hand on us, but we still... Yeah, six points, six points clear of uh, West Ham. We're make more miles clear of United as well. It's mad. Look, got to be positive. Got to be happy. You don't have to be. I'm not here to tell you that you have to be happy, but it's it's better to be, isn't it? Sports is supposed to be fun at the end of the day. Following sports, following football, is supposed to be enjoyable. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, We've gone there. We've got the job done. So come on, you Spurs. A couple of weeks off now. Um, and in that time, I'll, probably, you know, I'll still be doing pods and stuff. You can catch more pods on Patreon. Patreon.com slash RTR pods. Um, number of different pods and stuff I do throughout the week. So jump in, join in. If you don't want to, fine. But please do just like and subscribe. Write ratings, like reviews, share the pods. Wherever you share stuff. All that lark. Do you know what I mean? Please do. Help the pod to continue to grow. That would be very nice of you. Thank you very much. Um, and then maybe one day you can see me on Sky Sports Social. Talking about greetings cards and all that sort of stuff. Right? When everyone's talking about... I don't know. I can't bother. I'm not going to start digging. But I, I, don't, I don't want to be on Sky Sports Social. I'm joking. Right? No, not for me. Um, just get the pod going, that's all, because it makes me feel nice. That's that's the main thing. But 
what more is there to say? Nothing other than come on you Spurs, up the Spurs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Much love to everyone. Enjoy your time off. Bye-bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.